Hey everybody, this is Bevan and Biscuit Reynolds. Welcome to my podcast, uh, Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends uh, podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name more than three times. It's time to start the show. That's my co-host, Biscuit Reynolds, who doesn't want to be handled anymore. Uh, <laughs> today, I'm so excited to welcome back to the podcast, my dear friend, Colin of Queer Cosmos on Instagram. Colin's IG is a treasure trove of incredible astrological and relational intelligence information and he's fun right like britney dancing beyonce dancing with uh information about the current astrology in the skies oh i love it um colin and i have so much to talk about in this episode and if you want to get to know colin's backstory uh episode 68 of this podcast is a great one. I'll link it in the show notes. And then episode 96, uh, I got Colin to talk to me about values and setting up values, which is a really good discussion. So highly suggest if you enjoy this episode to go back and to listen to those as well. So I know you're like, Bevan, what is the best way to support your podcast? I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> I'm a Patreon supported artist, meaning everything I do is art. Everything I do is a healing offering to the world. I want to make the world a better place by empowering leaders to get free in their minds and bodies. And I think it takes self-leadership to show up to an aerobics class. I teach aerobics and I teach uh, aerobics on Zoom. So you can party with me from anywhere in the world. Um, I love that we dance worldwide together. I actually think it's life transforming um, for you and for me and for the world. And I think the world gets better the more we focus on our joy and joy is my work product. So I'm literally here to just help you transmute your feelings and cultivate a joy practice that will help you key into what your real desires are in the world. Because I think each and every one of us has a code to unlock that literally levels up timelines. It helps us experience a better world together right? Self-leadership, right? Most people are like, eh, I'm like out of high school. I'm done growing. I'm not going to intentionally grow or get better or learn about different ways to be in the world, right? So you're already killing it uh, just by listening to my podcast. So patreon.com slash FKDP. It stands for Fat Kid Dance Party. It's posted in the show notes below. Um, my aerobics class is like nothing else in the whole wide world. If you had told me 10 years ago, I'd become an aerobics instructor, I would have laughed. But for 20 something years, I've been working on body liberation, helping the world get free from fat stigma specifically, but also all the other um, oppressions that land on our body, right? That intersect on our body. So um, figuring out somehow to teach this stuff and how to get free and um, how to teach emotional maturity and resilience and all the things I keep learning because I am still on the clock with this growing thing. And I intend to grow until the very last day I'm here because I think that's part of life and how um, life gets good, right? And I'm here for life to be good. I'm here for a good time, maybe not a long time, but hopefully. And my Patreon page helps to support me do that. So um, patreon.com slash FKDP if you just think that it's a good world because I'm in it. Um, it's a safe and secure site. I love it so much. We also have some more uh, membership opportunities. So I have on-demand videos. I have a whole on-demand rental library um, of aerobics classes, plus so much more. Um, art parties, puff and paint parties. Um, I'm doing a series of like self-care um, sort of specific tune-ups, right? We're going to do a grief aerobics class. Uh, we're going to do like a bedtime routine together. So I'm doing a lot of fun stuff this winter. I'm teaching a lot more on Zoom this winter. So this is a really good time to pop in to the Patreon if you haven't yet. We also have a Discord community. Um, it's like our locker room, our digital locker room. Um, so lots of fun at the Fat Kid Dance Party Patreon universe. But also if you just want to give me, bless me for the holidays, uh, I have a, a couple of wish lists down there. Um, and I'm also on my buy me a coffee. They gave me uh, a wish list there. So we're we're going for a new laptop. I could really use a new MacBook. So um, also if you're out there, just someone who really wants to bless me. I have a PO box. Um, anyway, so all the ways I open to receive, I am literally just someone who has figured out I was a camp counselor and now I've figured out my, my way in the world. Um, I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. And thanks to everybody out there who already supports my Patreon page. I'm so grateful for you. Um, and I'm so grateful to get to learn and heal together. And so now on with the show. This is such a fun conversation with Colin. On this episode, we talk a lot about wounding and how we teach from our wounds and how we work through learning and growing and family and all of the things, rejection, money. Um, 
I'm excited about this episode and I'm excited to get on with the show. Thanks everybody. Colin, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, B. It's an honor to be here. I love just sharing space with you, learning, laughing, just dynamicing with you. It's such a pleasure and an honor. Thank you for having me. Uh, if I could live, laugh, love with one. <laughs> uh, it would be you, Colin. Colin, you're one of my uh, funnest Aww. friends, but truly Aww. like, like in this lifetime like especially in the last year you have just like gone international globe trotting um <laughs> i am so would you start the podcast and just tell us just give us your elevator pitch about like who you are and what you do in the world sure 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 sure, sure. uh well <laughs> thank you now i really want to eat pizza and pasta because you're kind of wearing it and you mentioned international globe trotting uh so my elevator pitch is my name is colin i'm an astrologer I have been an astrologer since 2017. I write the weekly horoscopes for Cosmo. I have three books that just uh, that are out. Uh, I will have a television show coming out uh, uh, called Written in the Stars on Discovery Plus. So that's going to be global for your international viewers, US, Europe, uh, Southeast Asia, and elsewhere. Uh, so that's my elevator pitch. And I really try to specialize in the astrology of identities and relationships. You are such an incredible resource in relational intelligence. Mm -hmm. Oh, change your stance. Oh my God. Will you just give Girl. people the, the change your stance spiel? Because that's what do you fucking think life. of that? I don't know. Well, you, you tell me first. Go it's ahead. It's like the perfect one liner to remind you of your power in all situations, which is simply to change yourself and how you're interacting with it. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Now I just got the full body Capricorn chills B. Oh my God, I love it. Yes. And you know what? I just want to acknowledge like how Capricorn that is, you know? So if we could just astrologize this fast. Yeah, I learned that premise. I'm, I'm finally advancing my study formally in our relational understanding at Relational Life Therapy uh, Institute uh, founded by Terry Real, a licensed marriage and family therapist, Terrence Real. He's oh. one of Esther Perel's advisors. And I really love the way that she esteemed him. And then another clinical psychologist who I love, her name is Dr. Alexandra Solomon. She really elevates his work as well. So does Bell Hooks um, in her in her work about men, uh, the will to change. She was constantly referencing Terry. So it's just incredible that like these 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 women who, because frankly, I don't learn from men. <laughs> these women, it's true. I'm like laughing. It's like he's the first male I've like ever learned from. Uh, but it just meant so much to me that these women who I admire had nothing but affirmative things to say about him. So yeah, he, uh, through his school, uh, helped me understand that idea of if you want to change the dance of relating, you have to change your stance. Because one or two things will happen, either the situation improves, or you're just not dancing. And it's very Capricorn, right? Because what does it say? Take 100% ownership for who you are in the space of what's happening. And if you change your stance, you will change the dance. Don't lean into hostile dependence thinking you have to dance their dance. You're not a small force being moved by larger forces here. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm love, not here for that. I love everything about that, especially that like you really seek wisdom from women because we should, oh, you know, oh, like God. the patriarchy Always. is so over. Like we're in age of Aquarius now, divine oh. feminine rising. And it's not Come divine on. feminism dominating. It's divine no. feminine, like balancing out yes. all this like hostile masculinity that has been yes. murdering people. Murdering oh. people. Yeah. <laughs> and just teaching a new way of relating. Yeah. And and also to liberating men. You know, that's why Bell Hooks yes. kept, kept validating Terry's work because he was one of the first men to really acknowledge like the patriarchy deliberately denies men intimacy building skills. Oh, and a Scorpio man who has worked on his intimacy building skills is an emotionally safe space that I cannot recommend more. <laughs> I love that you you like cut you clutched your pearls. <laughs> uh, just like when I meet a good a good man and I find out he's a Scorpio, I'm like I'm not surprised, you know, like you know, oh yeah, and you're giving me an astrological aha moment because they're all about the transformation. They're all about acknowledging where systems defect them and how to learn new systems of personal development. So yes, they a Scorpio would be the one. Yes. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I love oh. water sign. I oh, also God, recently learned that if you're if you have a moon sign in water, it becomes your dominant personality, which kind of explains a lot for me as a Scorpio moon Capricorn sun. 
Ooh, so is the theory, is it just water, Bev, or is the it theory all is it's just water, because water and moon are so aligned oh, that it becomes it. so big. So I'm curious, uh, on the street, as you as you encounter it, uh, <laughs> to, to come back and, and report. Um, but in this episode, first- I already because, agree, by I the way, because I just flashed through yeah. all, I'm sorry, I just flashed you're through like, all of my water sign, more, it, yeah. water moon friends. I'm like, oh yeah, no, he was totally just a Pisces moon. This bitch is forever a Scorpio moon. This one is so cancer. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, go ahead. That's, okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that validation. Okay, I want to talk about Written in the Stars. Yes. Um, because I have a lot of community now, for not for mysterious reasons, but I have a friend who started doing- say psychic unpacking of the bachelor franchise so i've been hotly anticipating the the dating show that my friend colin is on um so please tell me a little bit more about about the show yeah well way to go uh for your friend's professional like affiliation to this idea and the way that they want to contribute i fucking love it look yeah, it up so on instagram reality tv psychic it's really good Chris that's brilliant Kelly is a genius that's brilliant kelly is their name Chrissy Tolly. Chrissy Tolly. Okay, amazing. So yeah, this actually happened. Uh, speaking of international globe trotting, uh, it 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 really emerged when I was in Italy in January. So the, this British production company named Bareface, founded by two women, okay, two fire sign women, uh, yeah. Lucy and Rosie, uh, they were the ones who approached me and two other astrologers to really develop a television show around dating and astrology. And what they wanted to do, which the obvious isn't always so obvious, is they wanted to really in, immerse these contestants with individual and relational education and support so that they're not just thrown into the shark tank. Wow, what a great you know, idea. Right, Equip again, them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And just like support these fucking <laughs> poor people. You know, me too. My God, I need all the education I can get. And so, yeah, it started that way. And all of a sudden, you know, it was ready to go in like, in like two seconds. And, I, and I've spoken to other like television development things, and I just never really got my hopes up. But what was interesting about this, Bevan, is that it was the first British production company. And they have a different approach. They're not obviously, you know, the paragons of like high quality reality television, Love Island, thank you very much. But they certainly had a different lens on this. Like they thought to bring in a host, they thought to bring an expert, like, so that the host, her name's Clara Ampho. She's a BBC One journalist. She's one of the most celebrated voices of British music. I'm yeah, yeah, British journalism. She's amazing. So they thought to bring her in to like have her be the voice for the audience and like be a voice of skepticism. I mean, it was just done so well. And the first couple of weeks, I was a little nervous, right? Because especially in America, like reality TV can go one of two, one of many ways, but it often looks like it's a sellout. It often looks like we're kind of not in the highest level of integrity. So I was really deliberate about making sure that we stayed there for them and for this experiment in the integrity. And it did. It unfolded beautifully. There was no like like uh, drama ridden like gossip. No, it was just it was done so well. I'm so proud of it. And it was incredibly diverse. That's all I can say. <laughs> but it's really, really, really well done. I'm really happy with it. I mean, I'm going to be getting a Discovery Plus membership. Oh, please, that's, that's please. Watch this. I'm excited. Well, is it a, is it an instant drop like all the episodes or is no, it they're keeping no. it piece by piece? Piece by piece, right? Because I know, and that, see, they're just doing everything differently, you know? So they want to do a piece by piece. Um, and yes, please, because they only, I don't think they only did this, but I'm the only American in the whole thing. And because it's dropping in Discovery Plus US, they were like, we really needed an American. So please, I know we don't love identifying as American these days, but please tell Americans, like, watch this. Otherwise, they might be like, we didn't need him. And I want them to feel like they need me. Um, so anyway, yes, that's what that's what happened. And it was just really, again, it was an, an experience that benefited me, because I was watching these people meet for the first time and, and move about a relationship sequence having studied and debated over their charts for months. And then I was watching them on tele on these television screens and coding their behavior from an astrological point of view. I mean, from a research uh, lens, that's incredible. I never would have been able to do that because it would have been multi-million dollars, right? So yeah. it was just, there was so much that I learned. And, and then they were also really receptive to like what I had to say. And I was like, you know what? 
I watched this concept be brought up several times. Can we dedicate an entire episode to breaking this down for them? And they were like, yeah, what are you doing in an hour? So, so like, again, I was very nervous because this is my first kind of introduction to television. And I, I don't want to assume they have my back, right? But they did and do. And so I'm just really happy with that. That's so exciting. Thank uh, you, Bevan. Thank I, you. Like, I was actually afraid it was a shitty experience for you, which is why I asked oh, before we started no. talking. Girl, yeah, uh, you were like, before we're recording. I know that what The Bachelor does to people. Like, um, so it's just, I'm so grateful to hear how yes. wonderful this situation was. Not, not actually that surprised because I know that you are drawn to things that are healthy and tonic oh. experiences because you've done so much work on yourself oh Bev, thank you and 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 i was hoping that and and you know fortunately like me and the other astrologers who you know i didn't know them that well beforehand we just kind of all made that pact of like no matter what we're going to make sure that we keep things in integrity that we're helping and providing education on love and spirituality and that every single person who walks into this house walks away with a little bit more of a loving perception of themselves and other people. We said prayers before every episode started. I mean, yeah, it was just like something really magical was going on. And I can share this too. Like at the end, at the rap party, you know, a lot of the production would come out and, you know, and tell me just how much conversations were going on within their office about what was happening and that it changed the way they look at their marriages. And the, I I would have had no idea because, you know, you got to be quiet and you're rushing and who's, who's putting on the microphone and then I'm out again. And then I got to eat. Like, I, I would have had no space to hear this. But most people in production were like, I didn't even know this about relationships. I didn't know this about spirituality. And now I really want to, when I go back home, I really want to apply it. And I was just like, well, that, once I knew that, I was like, I'm sorry. Because they had they, they had no reason to tell me that if it wasn't true. So anyway, I'm, so I'm going to stop uh, rambling on. I love your rambles. <laughs> They're always full of good nuggets. And no. I'm, and again, I can't wait to watch it. I'm so glad you were oh, on me it. Me too. Um, and since we have limited time, I'm just going to move right into yes. let's talk about Chiron. Yes, um, I okay. love that you mentioned that. Yes, tell me why. Go ahead. Okay, well, because uh, there was one time I like randomly got picked to be in your IG live. You looked at my chart. You told me your Chiron's in Taurus. So you need to read the book, The Soul of Money. And I read that book and it was transformative to how I experienced oh. like how I experience energy exchange, which in the age of Aquarius, we're moving away from materialism and into the currency of energy. And so, oh. Oh. right. And, yeah, and also like in this pandemic time, I've really zoomed out and started seeing the world from more of a like 15,000 year experience, like the humanity and like the idea of capitalism is so young and so right. is coloniality and all of that is young. Yes. Like what yes. is true is like wisdom, resource, honoring the earth, honoring ourselves and our own personal gifts. Right. So like the soul of money really like wrapped all of that ah. together. Um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And also it's Scorpio season. It's time to talk uh, about our wounding and like the, the lessons we always return to. And I'm so, trying to remember, did you do that during the lunar eclipse workshop or with my Italian astrologer who talked about Chiron? Because I remember no, that you were on I a hammock, I did it right? on an IG live. It was really, I was like in my bed, like it was like yes. eight in the morning or something. And, and I like, pulled you in. You pulled me in. You were in Italy though, but you were still in Italy. Oh, so then it was by, my, okay. So then it must've yeah. been while I was by myself. Got it. And it was during the new moon in Aquarius, which makes sense as to why I pulled you in. Okay. Doi, 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 doi. Got yeah. it. I'm trying to situate this. Yes. Okay. And I love it. Like you were in Italy. We heard the church bells. I'm like, oh, I remember. Oh, in that okay. white apartment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going back there on December 1st. I'm so yeah. excited. I oh, know. I know. Okay. But to Chiron, to Chiron. You're Chiron. You're about to Tell us yeah, what so is Chiron? How do you pronounce mm. it correctly? And what does it mean? Et cetera, et cetera. I think it is Chiron, right? I've heard people say Chiron, you know, say whatever you want. I don't really, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, there we go. I learned actually a lot about Chiron through two teachers. So um, first one through Christopher Renstrom, who's an American astrologer, Capricorn astrologer. Um, and honestly, Bevan has done some incredible research on AIDS, Stonewall, and astrology. So yeah, I feel like you would, uh, Christopher okay. is a light. I love him with everything in me. Okay. He is incredible. Yeah. So I, I watched him teach on Chiron at a, at a conference I went to in Denver with Isar 
And what I learned just number one is that Chiron in, I, I think it's ancient Greek, if we want to call it that, it meant the hand. Right, yeah. And so there's this idea of like the hand being the place for helping and like a helping hand, but then the hand being the place for the wound, right? Like who doesn't reach for us? Who harms us with these hands? Mm. So I thought that imagery was really helpful. And that it really it, it, it represents the place where we will forever feel like we haven't quite yet mastered something. And there is a source of pain around that. I literally just had a realization about this a few days ago. And, and that's why when you had said, no, I really actually value how much you value your family. You just healed my Chiron in cancer because my Chiron is in cancer in the 11th house of friends. So I often feel like when my family's present, I'm not available to my friends. And you were like, go pick up your mother. And even just you like healing that, like you you just healed my Chiron, you see? So it's just like, it's incredible. So anyway, it's where we forever feel like we are a, a work in progress, absolutely. Uh, and it's also where, where we can turn pain into power and tears into triumph. Because I personally would rather learn about finances from someone like you, who's like, no, this shit didn't come naturally to me. I, I don't necessarily want to learn from people who have been blessed into significant financial abundance. I'm sorry. I just don't. That's why I love learning from Lynn and Rachel Rogers. We should all be millionaires. The author of We Should All Be Millionaires. Hmm. So she, a woman's guide to wealth earning. She's incredible. Hmm. She's an Aquarius, uh, a black woman from Queens. She went to my college. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to learn from Rachel. But that's that's what Chiron is, is this story of like, because I've experienced woundedness here, I think that's what actually makes me the most qualified to help. Wow. Does that answer your questions and or wow. like provide at I least mean, a way in? It's a way in that my yeah. questions are not satisfied yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Capricorn with a Virgo rising. Don't play me, bitch. And a Scorpio, okay. man, the natural Come on, I'm never the at the end. Right. <laughs> Um, okay, so Chiron is a comet, right? Uh, a a asteroid, an asteroid, right? So is it an asteroid? It's moving. Mm -hmm. it's moving, but it's not quite, it's not a planet, but it's a placement. Correct. Um, and so as the wounded healer, um, mm -hmm. are we always coming back to the same subject matter for lessons? Are we ascending That's the lessons that we're experiencing with Chiron? I think it's a little bit of both. It's that, you know, the expression chop wood, carry water? Chop you wood, carry water. Carry no, water. I don't know that. Yeah, I just learned it like a few months ago. So basically what it means is that when we work on spiritual awareness or enlightenment, right? The journey without distance with from the head to the heart, you know, we're just working on trying to see things with light. Our life changes somewhat, yes. But the real shift is, no, we go back to this, to the set of circumstances, to those lessons, and we're just a little bit different. And we're chopping wood, carrying water. We're just, you know, of course, a miracle says all life is, is a set of lessons faithfully rehearsed. Oof. Yeah. It's very elliptical, right? And so it's that, yeah, we're going to always go back to this, right? Like, and I'll probably experience it just like you with your Chiron and Taurus. Like it'll change and it'll evolve, but it'll get deeper because now I have a niece. So now there's even more family commitments, you know? And so there's that. And then also I think we do improve, but we improve subtly within our circumstances and it might not seem really observable but i think we're just meant to keep faithfully rehearsing and applying those lessons i love that yeah um okay so dr Brene brown a scorpio who's she <laughs> <laughs> okay so dr Brene brown a scorpio says uh, when you're teaching, this is like, I think from Daring Greatly was the, the okay. first book I picked up from her. And no. she said like, when you're, and at the time I was really blogging a lot. And so I really like heard this in terms of blogging, but like, she talks about like, when you teach from something you've experienced, you have to teach from the scar, not the wound. Oh, love it. Love it. If we're coming back to the same lesson again mm -hmm. and again, how do we know when it's a scar versus when it's a wound? Okay. I think it would be with the understanding that no matter how people respond to this, I'm going to be okay. Ooh, yes. No matter, because I know I'm teaching from a wound where I'm like, what will they do? And if this, if they respond in this way, it will deter my healing. No, 
I will, I'm teaching from a scar where no matter the resonance, no matter the connection, no matter the criticism, I will stay standing because mm. my healing is not dependent on how other people perceive this. Amen. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's what I'm present to. Yeah. I have to say some of my biggest work in life is around rejection. And, Ooh. and I always wondered if that tied into Chiron and Taurus in any way. Um, because it's just, it feels like it always comes up like again and then like, mm. it came up a lot with peers when I was growing up because I okay. felt very rejected because I was fat and I was bullied. And then it came up a lot around dating and I took me, I mean, I really wanted to master dating. That's why I had a blog. I just wanted to like learn and remember and teach from it. And like, and then, and dating was really about getting resilient to rejection. And then I started my own company and then I, and I oh. talked to a venture capitalist guy and he was like, yeah, you're going to get turned down by like nine out of 10 investors or maybe 99 out of a hundred. Like, and I was like, wow, that's more rejection. But then even in the, in the market, right. It's still rejection, right. If people haven't picked up your idea yet. Yes. Um, and so it's like, it feels like I keep hitting that lesson in new ways okay. constantly. So I'm just curious, like, that's Chiron. Do you think that comes in Chiron and Taurus? Or do you think it's like Chiron? Like, I think it's. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't yeah. think that's Taurus. I think that's Scorpio. Oh, interesting. Yes. Because my the the high-minded Taurian energy goes, I'm not worried about whether or not they're going to like it because I know I have something of value. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, they're not worried. I have seen Scorpio, though exhibit a level of nervousness or anxiety around anticipatory rejection <laughs> that's say no more right look at the way your body just responded that's that's what it is and and I, and I my heart is always in empathy with my Scorpio moons on that but I think it's more that of like mm. I will you know speaking of Dr. Renee Brown maybe dress rehearse tragedy or live in the wreckage of the future because in the past you know, this is where I've experienced such painful rejection. So I never want to experience that again. And I'm not going to put myself out there. Mm, well, okay. I feel very, and, and that's not all Scorpios. That's I'm, I'm saying that's kind of where we go, where, where they go when they're challenged. And so with us, with a few days after the solar eclipse in Scorpio, us recording this in Scorpio season, mm -hmm. it's the phrase, which I love that I heard from the Scorpio, which is if you want to play, you got to pay. And so you got to, you got to pay to play. And so therefore, if you want love, if you want joy, if you want professional success, if you want vitality, you'll see death, shame, heartbreak, and loss. So what? You want to play, you got to pay. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to let that land. No, that's, you know, never apologize for giving it to me real, Colin. That's, That's all I want from you. I want, I want your authenticity always. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> here's my favorite thing that has helped me a lot with rejection. And I just want to offer this for anyone. Yeah, share it. Which is to really decide whose opinion you care about and oh, then please everybody else. And like, it, it's like, it used to be like, oh, I need the whole world to approve of me. And then I realized I just learned enough about niching who you are and like being mm -hmm. who you are and being willing to offend people who aren't your aligned people right so the people that matter to me most are my patreon supporters like that's what i started performing for not tap dancing for the haters or my exes on instagram but focusing on the people who want to build up my business and build up <sighs> my work in the world and <sighs> like just a few people who i really esteem their feedback on my life my therapist my coach my mentor my close friends you know and just getting really clear my therapist having work on this like getting really clear about like who has what access to me at what level and opinion access is really a limited resource for me because I can't it it, it hampers my gift to the world when I stay like affected by the opinions of others opinion access I never heard of that phrase did you just fashion that yourself Miss Thing? That, that just came through <laughs> <laughs> I love it yes and that feels kind of scorpionic as well because again, the strength, every moon has a strength and a challenge that are so, you know, interwoven and interconnected. But I do believe that Scorpio moons are meant to kind of scan the perimeter and ask, you know, who has earned what access to me at what time? With whom am I safe with? And so in an effort to maintain safety, they're scanning the room for danger. And where there's danger, Scorpio does not want to go too close. So I completely understand that. And also it is up to Scorpio to say, well, what would happen if I trusted myself and trusted these people 
to hold the weight of my story or whatever they're experiencing trust with. But I love that you talked about opinion access because that feels incredibly scorpionic. And the bottom line is, I'm only going to care about your opinion to me, of me, to the extent to which I care about you. And if I don't really have a lot of care about who you are, God bless, I'm not really going to integrate jack shit of what the fuck you have to say. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Let's come back to your Chiron. So your Chiron okay, yeah. is oh, Jesus. cancer. Yes. Um, so you experience like a wounding around the attention of family, the experience of family, like how you allocate yeah. your time resource to family. In relationship to my friends. Yeah, because I my friends are family because the my 11th house is ruled by cancer. So, right. And that's typically why, like, I, I don't think signs are feminine, but Jessica Lignato, who's a very celebrated uh, Capricorn astrologer was like, oh, no wonder you only hang out with women. Cancer rules your 11th house. There's this idea, you know, so I'm just yeah. like constantly around, you know, influence people around home and family, cancer influence people around home and family. But I think my Chiron wound is, uh, number one, I, I moved out of Long Island when I was 16 to the Bible Belt during the Bush administration. And that's when I came out of the closet. And so... Yeah, I lived in uh, Charlotte, well, really Indian Trail, North Carolina for two years. And the wound there was like, I think, having been uprooted from Long Island, which is a very specific and problematic culture too, don't get me wrong. And then thrusted in the middle of a place that could not be more different was really confusing, right? I felt like the way that I spoke, the way that I enunciated, the way that I moved about the world was just so violent to them and then on top of that i was gay and presumably catholic forget it you know so and then so there's that wound around like you know new york what is home and i've always been wanting to come back and i think that's why i go so hard for new york because of i know just how deeply through that comparative understanding what new york has done to make me the person i am and that's not to say that indian trail and charlotte is is terrible i actually loved the south it was wonderful but it was really confronting to have people basically accuse me of having mental illness, going to hell, the whole thing. I mean, from the very beginning, you know, and so that was hard. And then I've seen it develop in terms of not perfecting the balance between home, family and friends. Mm. Yeah, because most of my family actually just moved back to New York, Bevan. So my twin sister used to live in the South until April of this year. She moved back to Long Island, filed that under shit I never would have seen coming, ever. How delightful for you, though. Delightful. That's so great. Oh, my God. So delightful. So now she's up here with her husband, who I love, and their daughter. Then my mother moved back. So I went, oh, yeah, no. So my whole family has moved back to New York. Within the past, the like, few months. Yes, since That's the first so time they left in 2005 when I came out and had that whole experience. So the Chiron wound is like, oh, God, like, I love my family. I want to be around them. I want to support them. But my friends have been with me since the beginning. And I want to be really attentive to them, too. And it's just it's getting hard. But they've all understood, I think, how my life has changed and how their lives have changed and what we're doing to uh, find a nice middle ground. So yeah. Are they living close to your grandma? They're they're in New York City. So I'm on Long Island. So I'm an hour east, right? Oh. So never too far. They're in actual New York City. They moved oh, from yeah. the south to the actual city. Oh, I thought you met my friends. Excuse me. I didn't oh. know if you met my friends or my twin sister. I met your twin sister and your mom moving back to Long Island. <laughs> no, so your friends my are twins... in New York City. That makes yes. sense. Yes. <laughs> friends are in the city. They're never going anywhere. Um, no, so my mom lives with me in my grandmother's house. So we have three generations of bad bitches under this roof. Yes. Okay. And then my twin sister moved only 10 minutes away. How and my they? brother's here. Like we're just, and I'm blessed to like really actually love them and want to spend time with them. Yeah. And because they're around me, I'm not looking at my phone. No, I'm not, not never, never, hardly ever. You know, so I just feel bad about my reply time to my friends and the, and the following through on the plans, but it's just like, how can I do that when my mom is telling me this and then my grandmother asks me to pick her up over here or my my niece is just like, Colin, will you play with me? And it's just like, what am I going to do? Tell her, hold on a minute, let me respond. To... No, no, no. there's people in front of me and not just people, but family. So anyway, I digress. No, that's good because one of the most important communication skills is listening and part of that is <sighs> presence. And it's really like, you can't be present with someone if you're attached to your, I call this my love rectangle. 
and not just because Madonna's face is on it right now, but like, <laughs> this is where my, the people I love live in here. And sometimes yes. I can see them through this. Right. But like, also it's, it's love to put it down and be present with the people you're with. And I have to say, as someone who texts you and gets a reply mm. days later, I like it because I know you're going to respond eventually. Oh, absolutely. Right. And like sometimes texting for people who are like globetrotting international superstars who have a lot of friends, like sometimes <laughs> texting is the new email, you know, and it's like, <laughs> that's just, in, you know, when you actually email Colin, you get a response from an assistant, you know, so like. <laughs> It's like, it's like learning how to communicate with you. And I find safety in just the, oh, the yeah. trust and like my okay. friend, I'm going to name drop my friend cause she's going to be on the podcast next. Yes. My friend Jess Baker does the same thing with texting. It's like, Ooh, I'll hear okay, back good. from her days, weeks later sometimes, but that's yeah. just part of how she communicates. And I feel like I, you know, I'm a single, I'm in partner pre, pre-selection. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> just like you partner pre-selection, right, but like, right. you know, so I have more time, but like, I also know when I have a family, I'm going to be present with my family. And like the thing that I'm really growing through and changing through right now is like organizing my time instead yeah. of just being flowy and going with what my instinct is, which I love being in the flow, yes. but I also know things won't get done if I don't put it in the planner. So Capricorn Sun, okay. <laughs> it's, I fight the planner. It's like my big balance oh. between freedom and responsibility, and like, but you know, Ooh. having family is responsibility, especially when you have family. Oh, I can't imagine. I know. I don't know how like parents do it. I'm like, do you guys have friends? They like, don't. No wonder parents don't. We are so unsupportive of parents and families in this culture that parents 100%. do not have time. They don't have the kind of time to cultivate relationships outside the family unless they really work on it. I know and, and have a lot of resource. Like your sister having multiple grownups around might yes. get a chance. To yes, have she friends. can. That's right. <laughs> right. And that's what we were realizing too. And that was kind of like a post-COVID awareness. Honestly, Bevan was like, "Wow, we actually." do really well when we all live together you know like this kind of multi-generational extended system we do very well in this yeah. and then that's why when my my brother-in-law was laid off my twin sister was like we actually have nothing keeping us here and i know damn well that if i move my parents are coming so what would it mean for us to go back and then ever since it's just opened up a lot of possibility for her as well like she went with me to a wedding in los angeles that she, she's never been to the west coast but she was able to go because her husband's mother was able to watch it. Like we just come from really big families and you're absolutely right. Like having people close by as a resource is incredible. And it also helped me look at like Italy very differently. I'm like, oh, no wonder I found this place just like a duck finding water. Like it just, it all made sense. So anyway, yeah. Oh, I love that. Do you feel like your Chiron in cancer, like during your partner pre-selection, do you feel like you have nervousness around like creating family with someone uh, oh. because <laughs> you have such a full life? Oh, God help me. You know what it is too? I think it's, it's, will, will he like just integrate himself well into the family and to be and, and I think that's why like and I don't know if this is a pattern or if this is a preference or this is long to pay attention to yada yada but the boys who have met my family are typically Long Island boys mm. of course you know they he just knows how to roll with the punches he know or Jersey what's the difference you know but a little, that's what, it's a little uh, different enough <laughs> different to make it interesting but like all the right things are the same exactly you know so he would always go all right hun and i would know exactly what he meant you know so i'm more nervous about like will he be able to understand the humor will i be able to stand his humor um and it's more so like oh god should i date another new yorker or should i expand my horizons a little bit i'm open but just my subconscious mind like doesn't let me get too far with them i've tried but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question whatsoever. But it does because you're in the, in the midst of it, and I'll catch up oh. and I'll catch you in like five, ten years and ask you the same question, and we'll have it more fleshed out with more. Yeah, time. well, maybe because I could be with a, a boy I grew up with, or like a boy who's a, who's from the Bronx, you know, and I'll just be like, see, this is what I'm talking about. He knows what I mean. But then there's also boys from across the world who have strong cultures that understand yes. the family in that yes. way too. Yes, because um, I did date an Italian boy when I was there, and I saw that <laughs> Bevan's face. What I was his name? Was it really Italian? Oh my, yeah, I'll say his name. Camilo. 
Camilo. Oh my God, Camilo Francesco Maria Barone. I swear to God, that was his name. I was like, and then he was so Italian, Bevan, that he was like, oh yeah, you want to come over and like meet my sister and a few friends? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm thinking at most seven people. Guess how many people were in a one bedroom apartment in Rome? Take a wild guess. 30? 25. 25. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And it turned into, I, I thought I was just meeting his sister. Yeah. And like named Diletta, of course. So I just thought I was meeting his sister and like her friends, yada, yada. And 25 people were there and I had seven pizzas in my hands. But it was so beautiful. I know. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they were all like, they were everything that I love about the country. Warm and kind and sweet and nice and they were absolutely fantastic. I loved every second of it. Yeah. So I kind of saw, huh. But I, as an Italian-American, maybe it's just a through line, right? But also, who knows? Yeah, maybe as long as I have a partner who shares that context. Well, and I've dated a Jewish boy. It's the same fucking thing. The food's just different. Yeah. We joke about that. <laughs> I know? mean, the so, food might, oh my God, has your family ever broken a table from putting so much food on it? Not yet, but that's incredibly italian i my don't know my favorite question to ask anyone who's italian american from long have island you broke a table? have you broken a table at a holiday before then you know what i, I see and this is where i'm going to make fun of my grandmother i'm going to tell her um, until or unless it is then we're not really italian and that's and i'm going to tell her that through and through but funny context about that I, I, this is so random but it i we just saw this yesterday because she was raised by parents who were very much only a few years out of the depression, my grandmother still makes food portions, I think, thinking it's 1934. Oh, that's I real. Know. Ancestral trauma. Hello. Yeah, not to be so Scorpio moon, but like now, every time I see a bread tab, uh, my grandmother, like when when every time I would go to her house, she would have two cups full of bread tabs like the tabs that close the bread bag as though you need one you know like and like and, and now every time I throw it away I think of her because that was part of I mean she had so much depression trauma like and so much work oh. like just it's just deep in and it's a, yes. you can the sufficiency a concept from the soul oh. of money sufficiency yes. what is sufficient I like I when I think I, it took me forever to have the feeling tone of abundance I would have all these meditations telling me feel enough feel like all needs met and I'm like what did that feel like mean I know yeah right but like yeah. really lean, and I and I remember the moment the first moment I ever really felt abundance and sufficiency and like I was like mm. wow and it was just like in a it was finally a meditation where it clicked right and like oh wow but like allowing the feeling tone to change in your body and releasing wow. those old fears and those old limitations this woman should be providing a table breaking story for your family my mother would because I'm telling you right now, if she had it her way, I would just, I would eat morning, noon, and night. I'm like, mom, I like need a minute. I'm like, I just, I'm not hungry right now. No, I, I'm worried about, and then she immediately goes into, I'm worried about you. I want to go <laughs> to your house during Sagittarius season and feast. Bevan, please, 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 please. And you know what? Especially, I think my sister would make enough to break the table and you would just have a personality that would fit right in. You know, like you really would. You're larger than life. You're so warm. You're so sweet. You're so funny. My family would unravel at the sight of you, especially my mother, because she's pissed that we don't have enough Capricorns in our family and she wants her polar opposite sign. Uh, oh, I love that. I love that. I wish my mom <laughs> felt that way. She's a cancer. She's surrounded by Capricorns, my grandmother and me. And I then know. every mother, maternal grandmother before that, all Capricorn women, as far as we know. Well, and if I can, yeah, because I, I, I don't know if we really dived into this in the other episodes, but like when you think of what it means to stand in the power of Capricorn, Bevan, what comes up for you? It's always the image of the iceberg and the mountain above the iceberg and the goat. So like people talk about Capricorn is the goat climbing the mountain but it's the sea goat because Hello. it also goes to the bottom of the sea and since i have a scorpio moon and scorpio rules the depths of the ocean i feel like i'm capricorn and then some you know what i oh, mean like oh. and capricorn will just like go to the deep with you and totally. it gets we get the 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 kind of cold heart sort of zodiac um sort of trope i guess yeah. but i think it's just because capricorn is really discerning and isn't oh. just like flooding around and like giving your heart to everyone it's like a Correct. discerning like 
who am I going to express myself emotionally with? And especially like if you have a Capricorn who doesn't have water in the chart and it's like, or maybe Capricorn with fire and like kind of mean, you know, like, oh yeah, it comes across with its Yeah, own. it comes across yeah. really mean, but Capricorn is very deep and you just got to like be patient and connect and like know, show how yeah. trustworthy you are. And then you will uh, get like the depths and the commitment because the, there's a commitment to being a goat climbing a mountain. Okay. <laughs> Another you thing know. I learned from my friend Drea, who's an astrologer, she said, like, when you're a Capricorn, you got to sit on the mountain and turn around and look at how far you climbed instead of continuing your focus on, like, the heights you haven't hit yet. Because that's a real a that's thing a real. I fall into all the time, which is, like, oh, I'm, I'm sure. not where I want to be. But, like, look and at how far I've come. <laughs> right. Hello. You know, right. You've come so far. And then it's important to stop and enjoy the view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100. And that is hard for the Capricorn. Yeah. I was trying, I was writing a horoscope today, which I didn't finish. I'll do it when I fucking feel like it. And I was like getting into the sound of Capricorn. And it was, a. I, I was listening to this ASMR of a grandfather clock and a fireplace burning. And it was just perfect. Look at you. <laughs> it's all I needed. And I was typing. I was like, yes, yes, yes. It just sounded so beautiful. And then I don't love the British monarchy, but I love to watch the crown for visual references of Capricorn. Full same, full same. Okay. I don't love okay. the monarchy, but I do love the crown. And yeah. the <laughs> And There's how a big Elizabeth difference. took responsibility. I in my responsibility freedom Libra time, I binge watched The Crown because I was like, how did this woman take so much responsibility? Because she really believed in the responsibility she took on. And Absolutely. I want to have an Elizabethan era where I take on the responsibility yes. of like my children, right? And like yes. all the things coming for me, right? So like how she can did. I be more Elizabethan? But the clock thing, I'm glad you brought that up because yes. my next podcast cover is gonna be me either behind a grandfather clock or like oh. in old Buckingham Palace clocks or like watches or something like that. Cause oh, I don't Capricorn. believe in time. Right. No. But like, I like fancy things. And so I kind of love the idea of just being covered in clocks and watches. Okay. And, and, you know, Capricorn is ruled by the divinity of time. No. It, yeah. So, cause Saturn and Cronus were the same divinity. And where do we get chronological from? Ah. and so i don't believe in time either in the way that the world defines it right but i do believe that capricorn knows when it is time mm. there is a sense of capricorn and you mentioned the discernment piece right and what's interesting about us talking about this now is pluto is finishing up its uh its tour of capricorn where it's been since 2007 so capricorn energy has been highly reviewed and ultimately alchemized by presumably the most powerful planet in the astrological system we have. And then it enters Aquarius and then it's up for it. And then Aquarius has it for 17, 18 years. I don't even know the exact amount, but I want us to just know that we ought to be thinking about time and and, dis and discernment and maybe even discipline, right? The same root word uh, pretty differently from now until next March. Yeah. Wow. I love that time oh, yeah. discernment. Um, Okay, Colin, just to wrap things up a little bit. Oh, I know. No, I'm going to tell Lord. my mom, take an Uber. No, go <laughs> pick up your mom. It's, okay. a, it's, it's an act of service. It's a form yes. of love. And also, you know, you're not always in town. Sometimes you're in Italy. You, good point. And I, she's going to be without me for a while. So you know what? She'll you live. Okay, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. it. Um. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about how someone can like review their chart. Like you yeah. look up your birth chart. I always like astro.com because Lois oh, great. was my grandmother's astrologer. So I'm going to always. Oh, plug them. Wow. That's okay. Cool. She so bragged cool. about it all the time and it didn't matter to me until I finally got into astrology. And then I was like, oh my God, Lois Rodden. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. I look at you now. You're surrounded by them. Yeah. Family dynamics, right? It's unbelievable. Yes. Oh my God. It's okay. So so astro.com, you can put yeah. in your birth chart info yep. Um, yep. and find your, even if you don't know the time you were born, you can still find your Chiron. So what Correct. should people look at to like kind of discern, like maybe how they can heal and, and work with their lessons and the wounding? Yeah, well, I would probably just acknowledge that it's not, you know, it's not linear, right? Like that's, that's what kept coming up while we were talking about it. It's, it, there are at like Saturn systems are very linear. Chiron systems are not. And so it is that, you know, elliptical circular energy. So once you understand your Chiron, I think also too, what it could do is set us free from the entitlement that like, we need happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. You know, 
life is hard and life can provide anguish and heartbreak and disappointment and rejection and pain and grief and death and dying, right? And so how do we experience that? Maybe Chiron could also help us just sort of like not be so afraid of the inevitable, you know? Mm -hmm. And then my Italian astrologer, uh, Anna Estronzi, uh, really helped me understand that like Chiron symbolism is also the key. It looks like a key, right? And so, yes. yeah, so what is it the key to? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I would have them, you know, the, the students who are interested in learning about Chiron understand that, but then also know that like, I think Chiron is holding this incredibly vibrant conversation right now about trauma treatment and reclaiming security, right? But which is necessary, but it's not sufficient. The sufficiency piece for Chiron is trauma recovery, not just trauma treatment. Put the cast on the broken bone, but then ultimately take the cast off. It's starting to stink. So it's a matter of <laughs> Capricorn, sorry. It's a matter of like holding both. Like, you know, and 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 I see a lot of people think that that precondition is all they have to do. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, it's not. You, we want to push you a little bit further and understand that like you're going to have some treatment and some healing around this, but also we want to get you to recovery and we want to get you to resilience. Mm, resilience. What a beautiful precondition. Yeah. When you were formally triggered by something and now you can just meet it in your chill and be like, huh, okay, release. And, and you know what? That's Cap That's a Capricorn moment in life. Ugh. Yeah, 100%. And, and one of my friends, uh, Dawn Harrison, she's an incredible astrologer. She talks about how like, in every Capricorn transit, there is a mountain to climb. Mm. And I don't think there is a greater mountain to climb than regulating our stress response. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. It's the most important thing I'm going to teach my kids the first oh. time of their lives is how do you just regulate? How do you have feelings and regulate them? You know, like <laughs> I have a lot of feelings and I'm really good at regulating now, but I'm yes, Capricorn Bob. I, I know, but I live alone now. So, like, what's going to happen when there's people around? I'm going to breathe. Breathe a lot. Um, Colin, when does Written in the Stars debut? November 28th on Discovery Plus Worldwide can't wait oh, uh, find don't. colin queer cosmos on instagram lots of great lives always worth an hour of my time to watch thank you lives. bevan thank you so much and let me just hold on let me just fucking acknowledge you for a minute here okay you are an incredibly supportive engaged loving loyal friend and i think what i love about saturn aquarius is it it doesn't make me want to use the word internet friend anymore like I, I do count you as a friend, despite the weirdness that I have not even met you in person yet. And so I just want to acknowledge how much I see the way that you elevate and support and engage with me and my work and my friends and my colleagues. It's incredibly meaningful to me. I never take it for granted. I really don't. So thank you for the time that you've spent virtually in some of these ideas and in these lives and just your willingness to have receptivity and to make the time and space to continue this work with me. It's incredibly meaningful. And if I could, I'd give you a really big hug. Oh, let's do internet hugs. Oh, internet hug. I love you so much, Colin. I love you. I love you, Capricorn Queen. Yes. Yes. <laughs>